On this podcast, we talk to thought leaders about feminine and masculine energy and how it shows up in our business, our parenting, and especially our relationships. We'll dig deep on any and all topics under the sun. Grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Kara with the She's the Owner podcast, and we have Jessica Dennis with us. We're just trying to figure out how to introduce her, but... Um, so her and I got connected on Instagram, which I think is still, I'm 44. So I still find that funny that that's how people are really like growing our connections, but that's how we met. And so she, she's an entrepreneur, she's a mom, she's a wife author. And so, yeah, I mean, just give us sort of like the version you want us to know about, and then we're just going to start chatting about all the goodies. Oh, well excited. Well, the, thank you. I love this. I've brought a couple virtual connections sort of offline, if you will, even though we're still online. I don't know. I love this. I just love taking the relationship like a step further and really getting to know people, you know? So thank you. This is, this is fun. Oh gosh. So do you want me to do my quick, my, well, I say quick, but nothing about me is quick or short winded. Like go ahead, whatever you okay. need. So my, I tell, usually I start telling people that I'm an entrepreneur. I have been an entrepreneur since 2008, the wonderful recession. I was a product of the recession. One of the people that you probably heard about who kind of got squeezed out of a job and had to figure out what they were doing. And so I sort of fell into entrepreneurship. I started a company during that time and I fell in love. Like that's the only way to say it. I loved every single part of it. I loved having the office, the employees, I even liked payroll, taking out the garbage. I loved all of it. I loved feeling like I was in control of my future and that nobody could take that away from me. Um, I loved how we were nimble and we could pivot and we could adjust to what our, you know, what our clients needed. And so I owned that business for three years. Um, and in that time, my husband and I were blessed with our first baby, very unexpectedly, but nonetheless blessed. And so that sort of set me on a path that a lot of women find themselves in, which is how do I balance my career with being a mom and how do I do both of these really well? And like a lot of moms, I just felt like I was failing at both, which is a horrible feeling. When I was at work, I felt, I, I felt this tremendous guilt that I wasn't with my daughter. And then when I was with my daughter, I felt this guilt that I wasn't there for my employees. Like I felt like I was you know, cutting out on them early and I wasn't fully engaged with work. And so that led to me burning the candle at both ends, trying to do everything for everyone except for myself. Um, I was incredibly burned out. I was stressed out and I ended up selling that business that I started just three years later. And I decided to sell it because I really wanted to find a way to balance both my career and my personal life. And every woman at the time that I talked to, and this is not an exaggeration, every single one of them, all different age groups, but all moms and career women, all told me that it was impossible. They all said, there's no way. You just need, you need, that's just a dream. It's a pipe dream. It's something that people just want to believe in, but you need to get rid of it. You're never going to be able to balance both of them. And the thing was, I wasn't looking for perfect balance. I was just, I, what I was asking is, how do I have this fulfilling career, this career in entrepreneurship that I've now fallen in love with, but still be a present mom? Because look, I've got this kid and I can't just <laughs> assign that to somebody else. Like I do want to be a part of her life. How do I do both of those things and not feel like a constant failure? And I wasn't finding the answer. And so I ended up selling that career and it took me on this long journey where I started 
four different businesses in all different industries. I have a very natural curiosity for business models. I learned early on that not all business, yeah, not all business is created equal. You can have bricks and mortar, you can have employees, you can have virtual, you can have residual, you can have all this different stuff. And so I have had now uh, today in 2020, I've had six different businesses in five different industries. I love it. I love learning about businesses. I don't know why, but part of my gifting is making money and figuring things out. It's also in spending money, let me tell you, and it's certainly not in managing money. <laughs> right. But I love I love business, and I can confidently say this day. So now I have three girls. I have a heart for women, um, which I think God knew when He decided to bless me with all three girls. I cried on the third, but they're wonderful. They're beautiful. They're incredible. And like right for right now, I'm working from home. This is p- partly a product of COVID, but I'm at home raising my daughters. I do feel like I've found this healthy balance and not every day is perfect. Certainly, no. you know, right. And the balance is, it's not like you achieve balance and you're good and you can just coast. It's just, this this constant ebb and flow. One thing I do do today that has made all the difference is I prioritize myself first thing every morning I'm very selfish and I'm very unapologetic about that. It makes everything better. Yeah. So that's my quick down and dirty. Okay. Well, welcome and thank you for that. And there's a million things I want to say about all of that because there is this idea that, and I actually just, so I just launched my first course last night called the goddess course. Congratulations. Holy shit. It was a ton of work. And I, and, and I'm the type of entrepreneur that will like, I did it in 48 hours, but it was a 48, like it's been in here and it's been moving along, but just to get it down. And then I did videos and everything. I did it within 48 hours and I'm, that's me. That's my masculine, right? That's my hunter mode. I get in there and I'm like, get out of my fucking way, everybody. I'm just going to hammer this out and it'll get done. It'll be great. But like, I, I, it's interesting when you say things like the women were telling you there was no balance, I think. And it's true. Like, I think we get And part of the course even is like talking about motherhood. Like my whole purpose is not my children. I have four daughters from 33 to 11. Two of them are entrepreneurs. The third one, the youngest for sure will be. And I think the second oldest eventually will get there, but she's still on the fence. She's 19. She's got time. But like, where did we sign up for that was it? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a hungry businesswoman. I like you. I love the minutia of it. I love starting businesses, seeing where I can get it. I love like that gets me going. Mm-hmm. But when did we sign up for the, then that makes you an asshole or that makes you, an, you know, like, I hate that we have to even have the conversation where I'm explaining to other women, like why I work as hard as I do. My kids are with me constantly. I mean, the 11 year old's been home for six months. <sighs> she's excited to go back to school next week, man. Like, she's like, I can't wait. I'm wearing my mask. I'm like, you go girl. But like why, you know, and I think I love talking to women like you because we're not apologetic about it. They, my children have learned so much through mine and my husband's entrepreneurship, mine in particular as a woman, like, and here's the trick though, is like balancing that feminine. Right. And that's what I've learned Ooh. where it's like taking that time in the morning. I'm not, a, I'm like, get out. I'm journaling, I'm meditating, I'm doing all the shit mommy needs to do so she doesn't smack you later or mm-hmm. with words or whatever. Like it's 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 time to stop this bullshit. Like it's time to stop talking shit to each other about how it isn't possible or how you're a bad mom if you take an hour or 40, whatever. I go away sometimes and yeah. I say, Ken, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'll see you so in two I. days. 
Mm -hmm. And he's like, cool. So let's talk a bit about, you know, what your, your feeling is around, around that topic, like around feminine masculine, because obviously we're, you and I are both, but talk a little bit about, especially raising daughters, like what's your, what are your thoughts on the feminine energy and how you're going to instill that in them as much as the masculine? Can I tell you, okay, so this is answering the question, but going off script a little bit, but it's something that's been on my heart. So with this whole COVID situation, like I think it has been an incredible injustice for women across the country, for sure in the United States. I can't speak to other countries around the world because I just don't have personal experience. But every woman, and I'm not exaggerating, every single woman I know in person and online who has school-aged children has either been forced out of the workforce or has chosen, she's been the one to say, okay, I'll step back and I'll take care of the kids since they're not going to school. Meanwhile, many men, their position has not changed much. Like their world has not been radically rocked like most women. So for me, this has been a struggle because my heart is for women. Um, And what I realized in all of this, what's been slowly like creeping in is it's not enough for women to, I completely agree with you. My purpose was not to to solely have children. They have added so much love and light Mm -hmm. to my life. But so has entrepreneurship. There, I have natural gifting in starting and raising businesses like I do. Ba- actually, I would say more about business than babies. Like babies, that is, does not come naturally for this mama. No? Um, no, certainly. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, it's not just enough for women to say, okay, I want something for myself. I'm going to lean into this career. I'm going to have this side business. You have to feel like you're doing purposeful work or you will not protect it. You won't continue doing it. Too many women during COVID, and I'm just going to call us out on it, opted out, said, you know, my work wasn't meaningful enough for me. I'm going to step back and raise my babies. And there's no fault or judgment here, but we need more women. This is my point. We need more women who are lit up by what they do and feel like they're doing purposeful work so that they don't give it up because... We need, we need these varied voices at the table. I want more women speaking up right now saying, nope, hold on. We can't have a conversation about schools without having a conversation about who's taking care of those kids who aren't going to school. And I'm not going to give up everything I love to take care of them because look, I've worked hard to create this life that I love and I'm not just giving it up. Mm-hmm. Not even for a short time. I'm not. Yep. So at a bigger level, we need those voices at the table. And so when we talk about feminine energies, that probably all sounded very masculine. <laughs> I would say that I operate a lot out of my masculine. And so it takes a lot of work for me to like sit back into my feminine energy. Um, my feminine energy comes out more in my practices almost. So like the taking care of myself, really prioritizing myself in the morning, um, But you know what's interesting about my feminine energy is it tends to have this fire that I have a very strong, like my feminine energy comes out very strong. Like it gets almost like mama bear protective. And so I feel very protective right now for the women in our country who have, I mean, let's be real, like COVID has shown us how much we prioritize and appreciate working women, working moms. No, we don't. Right. You know, well, I think, and I think what you're saying though, is that in, when a woman gets into her feminine energy, like, cause I'm still an alpha female and I'm the same thing. I'm strong feminine energy. I'm like, you know, David data talks about it in the way of the superior man. Like we're just tornadoes and that's beautiful. And men don't get to be that way. And we do, but I think 
if more women, like if I'm a feminine woman and I, or I'm in solid in my feminine divine. And I say to my husband, I don't want to quit. I think I'm going to get a deeper response than if I met him with my masculine, because then what he will do is he will activate and get into his King warrior magician. And he will say, Holy shit. I didn't know you loved your job or your, your thing this much. Let me be the hero here and help you figure this out. Because if we need it in our masculine and just demand it, they're going to go, fuck you. Why should mm-hmm. I give up what I want? And we'll go, fuck you. And then you've got a pissing contest. But if in our, in our true soft vulnerability, if we sat them down and said, honey, you know what? I'm so lit up by what I do. I can't give it up to do this. Let's, and he, I'm telling you, this is a mature masculine man. We'll take that and go, okay, let me be the hero here and figure this out for you. And I think it is kind of a cop-out. And I think it's interesting that I think the cop-out is, I don't know if it's even a cop-out or if it's sort of a sneaky way to get out of the shit you hated doing anyway. Like some women I've talked to are like, I didn't like my fucking job anyway. And I'm like, beautiful. So you, you took that white, but now you can't piss and moan about it. Do something with that time, right? Like now it's time to actually sit still and and figure out what is it that I'm, I'm passionate about helping women find this feminine so they can crush it in their business. Like you and I both know I was up from two until four. I went to bed at 10. I got up for whatever reason at two o'clock. I worked for two more hours and went back to bed. That doesn't happen Mm. if you don't have purpose. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yep. Yep. And and that's it. Yeah. Go ahead. I actually don't think women are necessarily capable of doing work that they don't love. I think you'll start mm. to see it. I think men can almost hide it in different ways. I mean, that's because well, it's the different... hunter in them, right? Like the hunter yeah. just can go. We can't. I don't think we, we can. can. For... You'll see no, it. I agree. You'll see it. Like all those, you'll have these physical manifestations of the internal turmoil. I don't think it's possible. And so the only way that I think women can truly work and be fulfilled is if they're doing something that aligns with their, their greater purpose. So purpose is a big, that's a passion of mine. Here's a great example, exactly what you were saying. I've learned how to communicate better with my husband. And it's definitely when you, um, yeah, when I'm not coming at him communicating the way he does, if, if I'm coming exactly like what you're saying from this place of Babe, I love what I do. I'm mourning the work that I do. I miss it. It was such an important part of me, and I've worked so hard to develop this. This is you just made me emotional, like no joke. (laughs) Like I'm about to, like it's it's always right here. But when you just (laughs) said that, I'm mourning. That's that's Mm. a beautiful way to put it. And what man wouldn't respond to that? Yeah. Well, and just like you were saying, like the the true. any a mature man who wants his wife or his partner, his spouse to be in this healthy spot, which is only going to build the relationship. He wants her to be happy. He wants her to be doing those things that she loves. My husband and I had this conversation and the next day he came to me with this idea. He's trying to figure out. So schools here get shut down. Currently ours is not, they're going to go back next week. We'll see what happens. If they get shut down again, he has a manufacturing company that he runs. And he was like, okay, I think this is what we could do. I can shut down one of our conference rooms. I'll bring in a tutor. And I'm going to have our employees, if they're comfortable, bring their kids into work. And we're going to have this tutor who's going to work with them all day. And so you can have a break and the kids have somewhere to go. And I was like, man, I love you. Like, I love that is such a great, like, he can't stay home from work. So I, I never asked him to do that because it's, 
you know, that's where, that's where I find we get into those like pissy matches, you know, right. I can't ask him to do what, what I can do. My work allows me to be flexible. His does not, he needs to be there, but for him to be creative and think outside the box and how can I help my wife so that she can do her thing? Like, I was like, ah, anything you need tonight, but you just, yeah, (laughs) you just proved it exactly. You just proved that what I've been saying forever. And it's like, because they really only want to make us happy. And we make it really impossible because we're stuck in this hunter mode with them. And it's like, um, that's, but that's beautiful. And because you, it's like, it's sort of like you, if you've seen the movie Shrek, I'm sure you've seen it a thousand times. You know, when (laughs) Shrek tells donkey to go get that flower because he's freaking out and he needs to take care of Fiona and he sends him off to buy, find this color of flower that doesn't exist. And donkey's looking around. It's like, that's kind of men, right? Like you set them on a task to make something better. And they're like, get up. Where do I sign up? And they go and they do it. And it's beautiful. But then women, what are, where we come into it is we'll be complaining about how they did the thing. Well, why didn't you do this? So like, why didn't you think of seven people to come to the office instead of five? Like we get into this ridiculous and that is super, that is toxic masculinity because Incredibly. we can't put our flag up and say help. And then, but you've got to help how I want you to help. Cause that's nonsense. Cause what happens eventually they go, I'm done. I'm Forget not helping it. you anymore. You, you have all the answers. You figure it out. I know I'm, I'm, I really believe women in a lot of ways do this, I, that balance piece of this for me. I check myself constantly and I will, I will say I'm at fault during the COVID stuff. I realized at one point I was like, time out, time out, time out, time out. He will help if I ask. And if we have Mm. a productive conversation, but if I just keep doing, if I just keep taking on and stepping up, I grow resentful. And he's like, Whoa, I didn't even know we had a problem. I thought, you know, so like, you got to ask for help. And I think we're the worst ones at doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who Alison Armstrong is? I don't. Okay. So she wrote the Queens code and she has like been studying men for 30 years like this. She is it. She's, she's where Tony Robbins learned all of his stuff from. And she was on the show and she said like, men really have two, two things. It's what's the point and how do I fix it? And Tony talks about this. It's the meadow report. So like when you and I go out and we come back, so you just imagine we're going out into the, like we're in a tribe and we're going out into the field and we're picking our berries. We're in the meadow. We have to know exactly where that section of berries is safe versus the ones that are poisonous. We have to know, you know, the direct route we took because maybe there's a a bunch of animals we want to avoid. We need to know every single tiny little detail. And when we come back to the tribe, I got to tell you, Jessica, here's the whole meadow report. And I tell you in every little teensy beansy detail so that you can go and replicate it if need be. Otherwise, the tribe dies. Men are like, what are you, like, what? Why do I need to know what color of shoes that she was wearing at the party that matched with her per? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> and, we, and we think men are hairy women. They're not. They want to know, mm. what, what is this? Like, what's the point? And how do I fix it? And it's beautiful that you recognize that in yourself because if we just, just tell them what we need. They're like, cool, I'm going to do yes. that. And let them so, figure out the process. Yeah. Let them don't, figure don't out. Yeah. There. No. Yeah. It's, that's, that's exactly it. So talk a little bit about your, your childhood. So like role models, mom, dad, who, like in my family, my mom was the masculine most of the time, which, and then there was some trauma in my life where I had to step up to be in control. And I talk about that on the podcast 
where I, there was, you know, some alcoholism, all that type of stuff. And around 10 is when I really dipped into my masculine. I didn't come out until like, Oh, I don't know. We're still waiting. I'm just, (laughs) but so my mom, I was saving her, but she was saving dad. So talk Mm -hmm. if you're comfortable, obviously, Mm -hmm, but talk mm -hmm. a bit about what you saw growing up. Like where, where did you discover this more alpha female masculine side? So my parents were both full-time working parents. My dad was a salesman. He traveled every single week. Um, He was gone all the time. My mom also worked full-time in the healthcare industry. And so as kids, that's crazy. My parents did the exact same things. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. My dad was in sales and my mom was a nurse. Oh, great. Okay. So yes, so it's very similar, but my mom was incredibly committed to her career. She loved what she did. She absolutely loved it. She worked it, when she eventually retired, she was, had been with the company for over 40 years. Like it was just amazing. Um, but we were the kids, you know, we went to daycare at six weeks old. We went to before school programming school, after school programming, we took the bus on our own. We were, I grew up, I liked that. My sister grew up on the other hand, resenting that. So my sister today is a stay at home mom and she's wonderful at it. I today am a career woman, but I feel like I've found a little bit of the, you know, I'm trying to figure out that balance between having the career and the businesses and raising the babies and not being totally absent. Um, although it's interesting, my dad, he was the cook at our house. Like he did all of the cooking when he was home. My mom, when she was taking care of us, which was a lot made like frozen chicken pot pies. Um, other, so I had an older brother and a younger sister. My brother has since passed away. So I was the middle child. I'm now the oldest with my sister and I, but I was, I've always been this person, like as a child, I never listened to rules. Like if you told me, my mom had this rule, if it's not yours, it's not a toy. I, I mean, everything. It was like, you know, I would do play, be playing with this thing. And she's like, if it's not yours, it's not a toy. Don't touch it. And I got in trouble all the time. I was so, I'm still to this day is so incredibly curious. If you tell me my middle daughter is just like this. If you tell me not to touch something, I'm like, I wonder how hot it is. I'm going to touch it. I just, I need to know all the oh time. My God, that's adorable. Still, yes. My mantra and entrepreneurship is Jess, like you can keep learning things on your own, but it's a very hard way to learn, learn from other people, which is how I've gotten into reading books. Cause I'm like, stop falling on your face. <laughs> Many people have fallen on their face for you. Read about mm-hmm. their mistakes and don't repeat yeah. them. So I actually started my first business when I was about 10 years old, we lived on a golf course and I would collect golf balls from, it was, um, the golf course was flanked by wood. So we lived in the trees and I would go collect golf balls, clean them all up. And then I had a stand st- on the course and I would sell golf balls for 25 cents or five for a dollar. Yeah. And I learned, yeah, while my friends were trying to do, I remember friends trying to do lemonade stands. And I learned very quickly that was stupid because you had a cost of doing business in terms of having to, you know, you had to buy the cups, you had to buy the lemonade and who's going to, nobody buys lemonade. Nobody's driving down the street to buy lemonade. We lived on a cul-de-sac. It was a dumb business, but you sell golf balls, You're savage. golf balls <laughs> to these golfers, zero cost of doing business, except for my time to clean them. And I made a ton of money. I had more money as a 10 year old than most ever should. Like I had a great business. So that was maybe that's I, awesome. right into business when I was younger. Yeah. That's what me, but you're just cutthroat. Don't mess around. That's a fuck. That's stupid. Why are you selling lemonade? You an idiot. 
Look what I've it's a dumb business. My daughters have asked if they can, and I'm like, no, it's a stupid business. It's it not is a like stupid business. It is a stupid business. Today with the internet, let's figure out something else. Make a bracelet, and you could send it. You could sell it on Etsy. I don't know. Yeah, but lemonade. <laughs> Nobody wants lemonade. <laughs> okay. Um. So t- talk a little bit about um just some of the ways that you talk about you have to slow down in, in your and your um, different rituals that you do as in your feminine energy. Talk a little bit about that. Like I have a lot of go-tos that I talk about because I have a hard time shutting off too. Like when I'm really rolling mm. in something, I have a hard time being like just getting back into not just barky mode. And like, that was really when I started to learn like, uh, maybe I need to address this. Cause I was barking at the kid and not like mean, but just like get you done all the time. And they're like, yeah, what the heck? So talk a bit about your rituals on how you kind of take that hunter hat off and get back into your soft, squishy feminine side. Well, let's be serious. Like, okay. So I think it's funny. I think if I were on the outside and I heard about somebody with a business called the balanced entrepreneur, I would imagine this person being very like, um, like very balanced and talked you know, like I just would imagine yeah. somebody very different. The reason this is my thing is because I struggle with it the most. Right. I'm with I'm with you. Like my first business. <laughs> so the first company that I had, we when right after we started it, um, my family took me to Canada on a houseboat for a week in the middle of nowhere. Where? I okay, I'm in lab, Toronto. So where did you go? Well, we went to the Boundary Waters. Where's that? Like it's so the the waterway in between essentially um uh oh, Minnesota and Canada. Okay, so I so grew up like in the untouched. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're talking. I forget, I forget where you have to go through in order to cross over. But we went to this place. We're on this this huge houseboat. So it's my parents, my husband and I, my sister and her fiance, my brother, his girlfriend, his friend, nine of us on a boat for a week. We live, eat all the things on the boat. I brought my laptop. I was so pissed that we were going on this family vacation literally months after I started a business. Might've been two months after. I brought my laptop. Whenever we would get close to shore or I would see some kind of civilization, I had that laptop open. I am searching for Wi-Fi. Like I just want to do my thing. I love to work. I'm a very naturally unbalanced person, which is the reason that I seek it so completely is because it's not good for me. If I could, I would just, I would create courses. I'd write books. I would just do my thing. I'd forget I even had kids and just do that. But that's not, I know like looking back, like I'm a constant, like on your deathbed, Jess, what are you going to wish you? Yep. And I just have to constant check on this because even like, if I go back and look at like Instagram, for example, the things that, that like, like make me feel something aren't work. It's not like, right. oh my gosh, like I, I love that you launched a course. I love that for you. Um, it's going to be, when you look back on your photos, it's going to be something with your husband or your kids. It's not going to be like even the course, even though you're so proud of that, it's not going to cause that like heart palpitation, you know? So even though I love, so I love it, I need to like keep these things in check. I need to keep them in balance. So the things that I do that are absolutely necessary, critical, um, health is a big thing for me. But I, I, I love health. I love cooking. Um, it's like my creative outlet. I have to eat well or I feel sucky. Like what goes in is really yep. going to determine how I feel. Water is a big deal. Um, 
I still drink wine and coffee. Like I, I love those things too. I have to balance those. Meditation is a big one. You know, people tell me all the time I'm bad at meditation. Well, I don't know that any, I mean, like Deepak Chopra, he's wonderful at meditation. I am not good at meditation. Meditation. It's the reason I do it. Like I need to sit and chill. It's where I get all my good ideas. Yeah. All it of is. them. Yep. Yes. Meditation's big. Journaling is huge because I got a lot of garbage up, you know, got to get that out. Um, prayer and devotion. These are things mm-hmm. I go through every single day. Um, and then working out. Working out is huge for me. I like have, I think there's a little beast inside of me that has to <laughs> come out every day. And it really comes out well with hip hop and hard work and sweat. Like that gets it out. And I feel like I can be a lot more chill after that. That's beautiful. And I think, um, women, we still, we still think that there's, um, you're either this way or you're that way. Like, I think so many of us forget that because that's the thing, like at at the core of it, I mean, when you, so when you're talking about, well, I look back on the course even. And so for me, I will. Now I have another company called the content company where we write content for companies, um, like SEO companies, marketing agencies, and it's high volume, blog writing, website content, all that type of stuff. Will I look back at that and be like, oh, my heart? No, I love what we do. I love how we do it. We, you know, before COVID, we were using 20 writers and keeping them busy. Like it was a, a, a good company. It's still fine. It's not as busy now, but that, that I resonate with. So that's why, I, and that I think is why I was seeking out this, what is the purpose of me? What's the purpose? And I, I have a giant fear of regret, not fear of missing out giant fear of regret. And that pushes me every single damn date. And it will sometimes slow me down too, because I'm like, okay, when I'm, you know, 150 and I'm on my deathbed and I think about Amelia being 11 right now and not doing the things she wanted me to do. And how am I going to feel about that? I better get up and do the things she wants me to do because maybe right now I'm lazy or maybe right now, excuse me, I'm a bit obsessed with whatever I'm doing. I need to check myself and I check myself all the time because people like us, we can get really going and all of a sudden 20 hours has gone by and you're like, kids, what, who ate what? And, um, yeah. And I think, so one thing I'll say too, that I do, maybe you can try this and this is a huge one in my program. And when I coach and when I talk to my friends or whatever, even my husband makes jokes about it now, but a goddess bath. And it's not just like a bubble bath. It's a very intentional you fill the tub with two cups of Epsom salts. You have essential oils. You've got everything that really gets you into your body. And you and that's it. Like you're not, because I feel like if we're not intentional about it, we just go in a bath and we get out and we're like, okay, I'm clean now. But like, I will say, guys, mom's going for a goddess bath. They know not to come into the bathroom. Mm. I'm in there for 30 minutes. And I'm not on the phone because I do that too sometimes where I'm in the tub and I'm still going. <laughs> but it's and it's the salt, right? The salt, I have no choice but to be like, oh my God, I'm half in a coma in there. But those like Sage Robbins, as you know, Tony's wife, she says water therapy for her is really like when she comes in, because she's masculine too, which I thought I found really interesting. That's more of her core and she has to work at the feminine side and she does it beautifully, but she'll come into the house and she said she'll immediately go into water. And that's like mm-hmm. that transition period. So when we're working at home, especially women like us, we need that. Like we're not walking in a door anymore. It's, mm-hmm. I need some sort of take this hat off and put that hat back on. So yeah. And journaling. I mean, how long have you been journaling for? Like, it's so powerful. 
Yeah. Well, since high school, I have, yeah, I've gone back to my parents' house and found old journals with poems and stuff in them. Just, yeah. And I, um, I know when I studied abroad in Spain, that was my therapy was just writing down every day. Cause I really struggled. I'm very much like a homebody. I like my people mm-hmm. and it was very hard for me to be in a different country away from everybody I love. And so I journaled every single day. Um, I, okay. So I love this water and bath idea. Um, when we moved into our new house, that was one of my absolute requirements. We need to have a bath. And my husband was very confused about the whole thing. He's like, you never take a bath. I'm like, well, because we don't have a bathtub. <laughs> like that's a easy. I am a water baby through mm-hmm. and through like water is my sanctuary. We also have a, a pool in our backyard because that has been a lifelong dream for me. I was a oh, college, a collegiate athlete. I swam. I'm a swimmer. Like I, my thing is the ocean. Actually, everything, I will have an ocean home someday. Water is my, there's something about looking at water for me that is just incredibly calming, inspiring. I think it's so powerful. I love it. Yes. Um, You know, when you said the thing about the course, I understand that because for me, it'll be my book and I hope to have more books. But yeah, I will always look back on that as like, this time of like, that was something I always wanted to do that was deeply connected to my purpose. And it sounds like your courses as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just, I, I, and I mean, you'll, you'll appreciate it. It's just like tired of, I think we just went too far one way or, or the other. Like I'm a product of the eighties and like, that was, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s was was when women were like, I don't need a man. And that whole mm-hmm. narrative happened. Like, I don't need your help. I can do this, da, da, da. And we just went way too far. Like, it's not, I mean, my husband knows I don't need him to do anything around the house, but I let him do the things around the house because it makes him feel purposeful. But like, and that's my, my thing. I just, cause there's so many unhappy women. There's so many women going, this is the narrative. It's like, they can't meet a guy. We're all the good guys. They can't handle me. Well, no, no one can handle you. They want to be with a woman. They don't want to be with a hairless man. And so it's not just like, and it's not, it, I always say it's a surrender, but it's not um, weakness. Like my husband will not mess with me, but he knows when I'm soft, like, okay, come in. But yeah. And, and, and it is absolutely my mission and my purpose to help women. And it's the tagline is rediscover your feminine divine and still crush it in business. Cause I do think we can have it, which is so perfect because that's what you know, you're all about too, is the balance of it all. But I think before we have balance, we have to have real conversations and admit yeah. that maybe we're a little too bossy, we're a little too aggressive and not in a healthy way, right? Like not in a equality way, but in a yucky way. So you have three, three girls. What are their mm-hmm. ages? Um, 11, eight and nine months. Nine months. Oh, she's, she's very, yeah. oh. Guys, if you have not followed Jessica, get on her Instagram. Her baby is like, you almost make me want to do one more time. Almost. And then Isn't I'm like, she no. the cutest thing you've she ever seen? So oh, so when, when she was born, I mean, since the day she's been born, we, my husband and I just stared at her like, how did this happen? <laughs> like she's, because not, you know, like you have no control over what your baby looks like. Yep. Like our first baby was cute. Our second baby was not, and I am fine with saying that. Like I loved her in a very different, I laughed when I saw her because I was like, 
oh lord this is not this is not a cute what child just but happened yeah just yeah what happened she was bald till she was two and then when she eventually got hair it was just a hot mess and it's oh been God. sort of a hot mess ever since and she is one of the coolest people i know but like this little cherub that came into our life nine months ago we were both like wow like she's so what a way to go out like this is the yeah. cutest you know it's tough though too because you just you want to be with her all the time and you want to just hug her and hold her and now she's nine months old she's like get away from me like yeah I want to move I want to do my thing yeah, yeah. she's so great though we so debated how- on the third obviously for a, I mean eight years yeah <laughs> it took us a long time um And I just always, I just, every time that I would talk to another woman who had more than two kids, there was something that, there was something inside of me. I'm like, I just didn't know if I wanted to go back into the baby stage again, because I really love what I do. Like, it's a lot of work. Um, But I always knew, I just, I don't know. I just had this thing. So finally we just made the decision. We went for it and it's been awesome. Yeah. So with regret though, this makes me, I want to know, um, what do you, what is regret for you? Because I love talking about regret. What is regret for me? Um, so first I want to say our children are spaced apart almost the exact same. My bi- I have a stepdaughter. She's the 33-year-old. Got it. Okay. 23, 19, and then 11. So it's almost yeah. the same. Yeah. It's like it's – and it's funny because the older ones basically like I don't – I was not even the mom. I was like just somebody with milk in her breasts and – they would just take the baby. And I was like, yo, that's my baby. Can I have that baby back? Like yes. even now sometimes yes. like it's the 19 year old and she's 11, but it's funny because they're, I'm like, you're not actually your mom. Like I know you feel like it, but I'm actually making decisions here, honey, but they're very cute together. And they're starting to get where they squabble, which is funny. Cause I'm like, dude, you're 19. She's 11. Like, what are you? She's like, well, listen, she's snapping. I'm like, have at her. She's got to learn somehow. Um, regret for me is not getting all of the things inside of me out. Like not, you know, cause I, I feel solid with motherhood. I mean, I'm past the, sa- the stages you're at. I, you know, I've raised beautiful, you know, very incredible women. Even my stepdaughter, she's been with me 20 years. She just launched her course last night as well on how to start a cleaning company. Cause she'd started a cleaning company and, and she sold it. And she's launched, she just launched that. So, so proud of her. And the 23 year old is, has a cleaning company in British Columbia. Um, but for me, it's just like, if I'm feeling lazy, I will lay there for a second and I'll say, okay, Kara, if you're, if this was it, did you get everything out of here that needed to be out of here? And did you help impact people or did you just keep it in here? And that is, that is regret for me, regretting not going after the things because the other reality is I want it all. I want the wealth. I want the abundance. The more money I have, the more impact I'm going to have, period. And if I can still lead a spiritual business, which the, the, the uh, she's the owner is spiritual for me. It's a spiritual game. But I'm not, you know, I think that a lot of, people in the spiritual realm, that type of thing. They're like, they know, they think, well, I can't make money. Horseshit. You know, I've gone to Tony Robbins. I don't believe that for a second. I have my goals back there. They're lofty. They're huge, financial, huge, financially huge. So I think regret for me is just not having that impact. And be, if I don't have that impact, I can't have the experiences with my family because ultimately that's what it is. And I can't send a thousand women to unleash the power within with Tony. I can't 
help, you know, the goals for, for this company are to grow to an, a place where I can bring a woman like you in. And we have a, a, a VC fund for women who will never get money from a bank that we can fund their companies so that they're, they're at the table. Like this is crucial mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting passionate, but like at the end of the day, when you're in your heart, that is the only place things are going to change. A, a person in their heart isn't going to put their knee on a man's neck until he dies. A person mm-hmm. in their heart's not going to fly an airplane through two buildings. A person in their mm-hmm. heart's not going to shoot a kid in the back seven times, three days ago. Like that shit doesn't happen when we're in our hearts. And the only way we're going to get in our hearts is if we start talking how that we're not yeah. right. And telling the men step up because you're not in your heart and I can't get in my heart and feel safe around you yet. So I think mm-hmm. that's, if I don't get all of that out, that's mm-hmm. regret for me. What about mm-hmm. you? So I used to, I have, I would talk about regret for most of my life. Like there's been things would be like, no, I regret that. And there people would say, that's so interesting to me. Like people, like, I don't, I, I don't want to live with any regrets, all this stuff. And I was like, no, 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 I definitely regret that. Like I regret that. <laughs> but as I've gotten older, I've realized I don't, the things that I've done that I would have done differently, I no longer regret because I can see the journey play out and where, how it helped me, how it served me later on, no matter how painful it was in the moment. And so now regret for me is things I don't do. Like regret comes. Yeah. Regret comes when I hold back out of fear. If I um, make a bad decision because I'm not coming from my heart center. Yeah. Regret is what I don't do. I, and I made some stupid decisions. I wrote about, in chapter five of my book, I had an emotional affair uh, during our marriage and it was the worst, worst time in my life. It was the biggest mistake I've ever made. I don't even know when I look back, I don't even know who that person was. Um, and there was a lot involved with, I struggled with postpartum depression really bad after all my kids are born. And I used to say my theme song at that time was Kesha. And I was like operating out of this place of just like party, party, party. I'm not taking care of my responsibilities. And I made some really, really bad decisions that I share about in the book, but I don't regret them. I don't regret it because what's come from it is to me, like people think, um, and this takes us down kind of a different road, but like affairs, let's say, or infidelity, people think, you know, people say, I would never do that. Um, I think all of us are capable of things that we couldn't even imagine. And the slope is so, it's so small. Like it's all these teeny tiny decisions that you don't even know are adding up to this very dangerous path until you're there and you're like, how did I get here? Right? Like, how did I get here? What happened that this is where I'm at? Any one of us is capable of doing that. And what it's given, it's allowed for is just this tremendous compassion for other people. I'm no longer this person of hard, you know, if somebody does this, I would never forgive them. Or if this ever happens, I will never forget it. We're humans. We are so broken. We are so broken. And we're all just trying to do the best we can. And if you give love, you'll get love. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't have these hard lines anymore with people. Well, I would say, I would say, I don't like to say broken. I just, cause it, then people think I, they're screwed for life and they need to get fixed. But mm-hmm. yes, we're all, we're all figuring it out. Flawed. Like we're all flawed, right? We're not perfect. But I will yeah. say too, like when it comes to the affair stuff and, and I have, um, Colin Egglesfield was on the show uh, a little while ago. He's an actor and He's, he's been around like Kate Hudson and all them. And he, so he, it's interesting because he sees all these feminine, we think they're all these feminine, gorgeous, beautiful, you know, floofy chicks, but they're really, they're hard asses and they're, they're in their masculine a lot of the time. 
And we talked a little bit about the affair thing. And, and here's the reality though, around that it's how we get to that place is when our needs aren't being met. And, and that's, that's part of having to discover, like I I've had more than one emotional affair as I've been married for 20, almost 20 years. I've been with him 21 years. We've separated twice. We just got back together. And now we're going through a transition where I need more space in my marriage and I need to be more like roommates. And he, because we study together and we do personal development together, he's, he gets that and he's okay. And as long as I'm not looking for things outside the marriage, Mm -hmm. then he's just going to give me my space that I need. We don't know what that's going to end up like, but that's it for now. But when I was having these emotional affairs, it was, I didn't feel, and this is part of what happens to a woman when we go into our masculine is we, if we don't feel safe, so financially, emotionally, physically, obviously, we will go into our masculine. And then our masculine is when we do make those decisions to go outside the marriage. Like that is not a feminine thing. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's, I'm not getting what I need, even though I have no idea how to communicate that. So I'm going to go have my needs met elsewhere. And sometimes the marriage isn't right and the person, they both need to leave it. But more often than not, when it's that type of, especially for a woman, Mm -hmm. I would guarantee that at that time in your life, you weren't feeling safe inside your marriage. You weren't feeling safe emotionally, financially, maybe something was happening where safety wasn't being provided. And it's hard to provide that safety to a woman when she's in her masculine, because they're like, I don't know what to do. Like, of Mm -hmm. course you're safe. Prove it to me. Well, I don't know how to prove it to you. <laughs> prove it to me, right? So I think it's important to bring that up that it's not it's not a blame game. It's not a time to be like, oh, he did this or she because every since well, he was an asshole, I had an affair. She was a bitch, I had an affair. There's a okay, fine, if that's how we want to put it, but it's just a conversation around needs and, and needs mm-hmm. not being met. But for a woman, when we go into deep into our masculine in that type of way, it's because we're not feeling safety. Um, or we're not feeling seen and we're not feeling heard. Those are the three. Mine was, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know that the safety resonates, but the seen and heard, that's exactly what it, that's why it was an emotional affair. It was somebody who was asking me, how are you? What is, because I was in this, yeah, I was in this, um, now going through postpartum depression three times, um, coming out of my third time now, I know how vulnerable you are in those seasons and really needing that emotional support. And and I wasn't getting that. And my husband didn't know, and I didn't know how to communicate it. Right. But I was, I didn't even know that I was getting it from someone else. And that was that very slippery slope. Do you know the beautiful thing that came out of it though, is um, this confidence that when I was able to look back on everything and I could recognize the mistakes that I had made and where things came from. And I could, I could understand certainly the role that I played in this and how I didn't want to make those, you know, those mistakes in the future and the lessons I wanted to learn. I also could clearly identify that it wasn't just me. And I think for women, Mm -hmm. this trap that is, that's a little, that's scary is I've seen also the martyr and I've seen in myself sometimes when you're like, I'm all bad. Like I, I did, I, cause I did get there. I got into this really dark place where it was like, how could I do this? Like, I didn't even know I was capable of this. Like I got really down on myself and part of the healing process for me was recognizing that it wasn't all me, that to play a role in this and it wasn't to cast blame, but it was to absolve some of the responsibility for myself so I could climb out of that deep hole and there, there was this beautiful conversation my husband ha- and I had that it was not beautiful at the time, but I can look at it, back at it now. And I've had it twice in my life where it was like, oh, 
there she is. Mm. He had a, we got in a fight and he brought up the incident and this had been a long time after it had happened. And I finally, like, there was this like lion inside of me that came out very calmly, thankfully, but said, I have forgiven myself. You have to choose to forgive me or I will not allow myself to be in this situation anymore because I love myself too much to live in unforgiveness. And it's a choice. And I was, it was just beautiful. And he did. And it was like the way that he needed me to communicate my needs to him. And he realized that he had still anger and resentment Mm -hmm. that he hadn't fully dealt with that he needed to deal with to truly forgive in order for us to move on as a couple. And I'm telling you, it was years, years, Mm -hmm. right? Like that kind of hurt takes a long time, but that beauty, that's why it was not a regret for me because it's such a beautiful transformation that can come from that. We all make mistakes and learning how to forgive yourself and figuring out what you need and being able to communicate that to others is a gift. I would, I mean, I would never go back. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I bet too, like when you talk about him being angry, a lot of the time it's directed inside, right? Like he had to know on some level, he let you let it happen. And Mm -hmm. and that's a, not a comp. It's not a, uh, an opinion that people like to hear because they like to blame the person who did the thing. It's not, it's not true. It isn't true. It's never true. And if, and, and I've heard it, if, if you, if the person felt totally secure and had their needs met and felt like everything was good, there's never a reason to look outside. There just Mm -hmm. isn't, there isn't, Mm -hmm. but, and I think that's beautiful. And I think you can't regret it. It happened. Um, Byron Katie talks a lot about the work and she said, you know, the inquiry, right? Like you ask the four questions and you, People, the only time we're unhappy is when we're arguing with reality. Mm-hmm. Like you did do the thing. I did do the thing. We lost yep. a baby um, five years ago. I was uh, almost six months pregnant and he was just too, mm-hmm. too teeny. I could argue that I should have a five-year-old son all the damn long day. I could argue that every single day. I don't have him though. So why is that okay? Why is that okay? Why is that good? Well, here's some reasons why that might be good. Maybe he was sick, maybe whatever. But, you know, arguing with the thing that happened is just, it's, that's the thing that pushes us down and weighs us down. And I think it's beautiful. And it's really, honestly, I think we're celebrating that you guys came out of it with this um, deep knowledge of each other and yourself, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's it. It's a gift. Everything is a gift. So, well, what's, uh, what's next for you after all that? (laughs) So it's, you know, I've struggled a lot during COVID quarantine and having to really, really change my role. And of course, having a newborn, like this all came all at one time. Um, But this season has been, it's, it's absolutely going to change me. Any growth we go through, growth is hard. Anybody who says they like growth ain't in the middle of it. No, it's ugly and it's painful. Yeah. It's not beautiful until you're through it. And so this year has been a lot of um, was, you know, six months, there's been a lot of pain in it. And it's been this interesting, uh, I find the, the word pain is coming up all over for me, physical pain, emotional pain, and just the, the blessing of pain and what it allows for us to do, you know, in the physical sense, it helps you to take a step back so that wound can heal. It also alerts us to something is wrong and you need to change a behavior. Pain is a catalyst for growth and change. And, bless the pain. Like, thank God it's there. 
um, I think it's fascinating. Like there are individuals and I forget what the condition is called who don't feel pain. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the most, it's absolutely dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous. Pain is a part of the human experience because it's essential. It protects us. Right. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about pain and just diving into all of this. And I think the way this season is going to change me is forcing me to even dive deeper into balance and what do I need? So I have sold, um, right before we had our daughter at the end of last year, I sold one of my businesses because I knew something would have to give. And then when COVID hit, it forced me to sell another business in March, um, that honestly hadn't been bringing me joy for years, but what it was wasn't. The business? So it was in the network marketing space. I had okay. built up uh, about a seven, seven, um, seven million dollar organization um, with a company that we were moving tons of product. I'd worked with this company for eight years. I loved what I did, but it was it just wasn't bringing me joy anymore. And mm-hmm. honestly, it was heavy. I, I had gone to counseling because I just. I was just feeling something that I didn't know what to do. And when COVID hit, it was like, okay, something else has to give. I, cause I was running three different businesses. I had our vacation rental properties that I sold. I had my direct sales company. I had to sell that. And then I had balanced entrepreneur. And so I was running three different companies and then trying to homeschool and do all this stuff. Things had to give. And it's just, it's, it's been of such a gift. It forced me to make decisions that were, incredibly courageous decisions that were very hard to make. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for me is leaning even further into just very purposeful work. Um, So I have the book called The Balanced Entrepreneur, and it's sort of the foundational principles that I believe in. It's it's my entrepreneurial journey in that book and things that I've learned. Um, We have a course called Master Your Morning, and that course helps people start the day in a very intentional way so that they they approach their days in a much more empowered sense. Like, mornings have been everything for me. If I really truly believe 10 minutes, if you have an hour, fantastic, but if you, if you just have 10 minutes, you can you can absolutely change your life just by starting your day intentionally. We're working on another course right now. I have a couple more that are coming. I'm hoping to launch one more before the end of the year. And then I don't know, I'm actually starting starting up with another direct sales company and I loved when you were talking about your goddess baths, because these products, the founder is an alchemist. And so she combines Mm. these herbal remedies. Yeah. And I started using these products after I had my baby. um, And I immediately noticed a difference with my postpartum depression and just how these products supported me emotionally because of their wild crafted herbs and botanicals and all this stuff. And it just truly like, it is incredible, you know, what those can do for your, yeah. with the old factory system and all sorts of things. So I, I love that because baths and self care and pampering has become, I've kind of taken that to a whole new level. So there's the, I'm selling, um, well, we're launching January 1st, the goddess, um, boxes. So cool. that will be interesting then if we have this discussion offline, because, uh, every quarter you're going to get a seasonal box and the, the items inside are like journals, um, different goddess type of face creams to help the woman stay in the goddess mode, right? All the time mm. because it gets flipped by the wayside. So yeah. I think that would be a really interesting conversation for us to have yeah. about that later on. Yeah. Because that would be cool that. to have stuff like that inside the goddess boxes. 
And if you look back, um, what I think is so interesting about it is if you look centuries back and how women would take care of their bodies. And even like when a woman was getting ready to get married, sometimes it was a year long process of taking care of her skin and her body and her beauty. And just this whole beauty from the inside out and how you take care of yourself and how that allows you to show up for yourself and others. And it just, it's a, it's beautiful. And it's something it's, we as it's women. It's cool to be a woman now. Like it is I'm cool. pumped. It's so beautiful. And that we're having so much um, grace around ourselves now and it's beautiful. And the men have been like, they'll, they'll temper out, like they're, they're squeaky now, but they're, the good men are like holding us up. The bad, the guys that are not ready yet, they're just going to get squeezed out eventually because this is our rightful place. Like, well, and I do think we were all created very specifically men and women um, with very specific, just, I'm not having the right words, but when we lean into those masculine and feminine energies, there's this beautiful, you know, mixture, this symbiotic relationship that happens that I see it in my husband. Like when I'm more in my feminine and that doesn't mean less powerful, it just means different, you know, it's a different way of he feels like he can lead in the way that's very natural for him. He's a very mature man that wants, you know, like we just have our relationship is better when I'm not also trying to be the man in our household. That's it. It's perfect. That's perfectly said. And that's, that's the whole mission of she's the owner is recognizing that because it's peaceful. Like it's not, Mm. Oh, when you're always trying to win inside your house, it's like, it's exhausting. Everybody's tired and fighting and it's like, what's the point? Um, so where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Obviously, Instagram. Well, obviously, Instagram. So if they balanced underscore entrepreneur is my Instagram handle. But then our website is justdennis.com. Um, those are probably the best places. And I always encourage people reach out. I love hearing from people. I love the interaction. You know, we live in this very digital um you know, connected yet not really connected society. And I love high touch. I love getting to know people. Mm. I love talking to people. And so, yeah, I encourage people to reach out because those relationships and those stories and the conversations I just think are awesome. Amazing. Well, that is it for the uh, questions from me. I can't, I've loved our conversation. I would definitely love to have you back on. Thank you. Um, it was a lot of fun. So until next time, um, and I will definitely be reaching out on the next day or two to talk about the other thing. Cause I think that's really interesting. I think that would, <laughs> that would be a cool conversation, but, um, yeah, I'll until then have an amazing day and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Kara. Bye.